Praise God. Well, let's look at some scriptures here. Hey, I want to talk to you about uh, being happy. You can call it whatever you want to. I'll probably call this Depression Recovery 201, you know, whatever, just to be funny. But uh, <clears throat> every person, God has designed every person and wants every person to be happy. I mean, he really does. So let's look at some scriptures here and let's see what we do. Because, I mean, <laughs> it is very hard to be happy when things go wrong. And uh, I'll be the first one to not be happy, too, as well. But there's something you want to do when that happens. It's almost like when you feel pain, you don't just have pain and say, well, okay, I got pain and that's it. No, if you got pain, you want to do something about it. If there's something you can do, like you stepping on your own toe, well, then you get off your toe, <laughs> you know, whatever. But if it's worse than that and you need some help, then you go to the doctor and the doctor will help you with that pain. But anyway, uh, you don't just sit there and say, well, you know, there's pain. We just let it go and, and just, just suffer through it. No. Well, the Bible's the same way. So, anyway, I want us to start here at uh, the book of James. James is right before the end of the Bible. It's, uh, you know, it's seven or eight books before the end of the Bible. But anyway, James was actually uh, the Lord's half-brother. You know, Mary and Joseph, uh, uh, one of their sons, not only was Jesus, but uh, James is one of them. So, anyway, uh, in James chapter 5, and he obviously would know what he's talking about here. And then, it, of course, it made scripture. It's in your Bible. So James chapter 5 here. And I'm going to look down here toward the end. And he's basically saying goodbye here. So he's wrapping things up. He's not but about, uh, you know, 10 scriptures from the end of this letter. And it's a letter uh, from James to Christians here. And I want you to see what it says. And I'm just going to jump right into this latter part. But he says, uh, is any among you suffering? He says, let him pray. And notice he goes and says, any uh, cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Okay, so we know. Is any this? Is any that? Is any whatever? And he says what to do. So let's back up just a second. Verse 13, it says, is any among you suffering? He says, let him pray. Wow. And then the next thing it says, is any one cheerful? Well, let him sing psalms. So, no, no, wait a minute. Let's just say, hey, I'm suffering. What am I supposed to do? You know, and uh, he says, pray. He didn't say, well, just sit there and, and just tough it out. Sit there and ask why. No, we don't ask why. We pray. Now, I wonder what we would pray. Well, you know, if you're in trouble, the simplest prayer you should be praying is help. Uh, or get me out of this. If you know what it is that it, it's creating a problem, well, then you should be able to ask God for the answer. Let's go to James chapter 1. Chapter 1, notice this. This is about prayer here too. Uh, in James chapter 1, I'm skip verse 1, go straight to verse 2. He says, my brethren. Notice this is the first thing he says. Like, hey, hello, I've been gone for a, a two or three years. And first thing I want to tell you is this. What? This is the first thing. Look what he says. First thing he says is, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Oh, brother. One of those guys that thinks you're supposed to be happy when bad things are going on. Well, no, wait a minute. We're going to let him finish, okay? Because that's not the case. God is not schizophrenic. You know, he's not. He didn't want you to just, when you, you're getting your head beat in, just be happy about it. No. We're supposed to be happy because if your head's fixed to be beat in, God's going to rescue you. 
That's what you're happy about. It's not, oh yeah, God wants me just to be full of pain and whatever, and I don't understand it, but I guess he has a reason, so I'm just going to be happy. No, 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 that's some terrible teaching, and that's not true. God wants you out of your trouble. You can't read the Bible and find people that acted that way. No, they prayed, and God got them out of their trouble. But anyway, so go back to this. My brethren, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. In other words, you be extremely happy when something bad happens to you. Why? He says, verse 3, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. That just means endurance. In other words, this is trying, like everything was great, and all of a sudden, oh, man, now the bottom fell out. Now what am I going to do? Well, what you're going to do is just what he told us in the fifth chapter. If you're ever in trouble, you pray. Let's see if that's what he's going to say here. Verse 4. But let every per, but excuse me, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now wait a minute. Now I thought we just roll over and play dead. No, that's not what he said do. Notice what he said do. He said count it joy. In other words, rejoice. And then what am I going to rejoice about? Well, if you skip on down to what we read in verse 4, that you let that endurance, in other words, you just keep on being happy and notice what's going to happen. Things are going to turn around. Things are going to get perfect again. And you're not going to lack one thing. Now, verse 5, he talks about prayer, which is what he was after anyway. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. Notice again, verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, well, it works for anything. Uh, if you ask for anything, use the same process here. But he said, right in this case here, he says, if you lack wisdom, you don't, you don't, you know, you're, it's not that, well, I just need to be a little more smarter. No, you're needing some help about something, some sort of situation here. You're not sure what you're supposed to do. Well, you can ask God. He'll give it to you. This is the reason we don't need to rerun into our horoscope. You don't need to run into somebody else. You don't need to be run into, you know, some fortune teller or whatever. No need to. You can just ask God. Hey, God, should I do this? And he'll say, Absolutely. Or he'll tell you what to do. Do this, do that, do whatever. Well, also works for getting me out of trouble because he said so in James 5. Is any of you among you afflicted, suffering, let him ask of, I mean, excuse me, let him pray. And um, anyway, God will get you out. But anyway, watch this. So verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. Now, what does it mean by that? That means he piles it on. And notice he said he gives to all. So quit saying he won't do it for you. He will do it for you. Now, I want you to catch this next part. Who gives to all liberally, and notice it says, and without reproach. Now, what that means is God's not holding the answer behind his back saying, now, now, uh, 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 wait a minute. Now, I won't tell you something that I don't like about you before I give you this. Or you better promise me you're going to be a better this and better that because you, 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 you. Nuh uh. He says, without reproach. Now, why would it be without reproach? Because, you know, we know we've made mistakes. You know, we've, <laughs> we know sometimes we feel like we deserve it. Like, I don't know why God would ever do anything good to me. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus paid the price for you and I. His blood redeemed you from all your sins. Your sins are gone as far as God's concerned. But anyway, let's go back to this. He says, and without reproach, and it will be given him. Hmm. Be nice if that was true, wasn't it? Well, it is true. Where do we get the idea that he won't give things to you? He said right here, if you ask, he'll give it to you. Look at verse 6. But let him ask in faith, no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Wow. Look at that. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven 
and tossed by the wind. Wow. So I got to believe. Yeah. I notice verse 7. He says, For uh, let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. So what's my job? Well, we saw in verse 2, I got to be happy. Now, why should I be happy? Because God's going to get this to me. He's going to turn my situation around. He didn't say, well, just tough it out. And, you know, we don't ever understand. No, he didn't say that. He said, if there's something you don't understand, you can ask God and he'll tell you. But now if you're in trouble and you need something to quit, then all you got to do is say, God, stop this. Have it stop in Jesus' name. And he tells us right here in verses, you know, five and six, he says, you got to ask in faith. Nothing wavering. wonder what he means by nothing wavering. That means you need to believe. It also means that you can waver and it can really mess things up. What's wavering? Let's just simply say this stuff won't work. I'm telling you, this will work. You turn your situation over to God, and I'm telling you, God will fix it for you. Praise the Lord. And this is what makes you happy. <laughs> hey, let's go to the book of John just a second. John uh, was one of the disciples of the Lord, and he knew James as well. He knew the Lord's brother, but John was actually one of the, <clears throat> the Lord's disciples. Now, I want us to go to John chapter 16. And in John 16, look down here at verse, uh, uh, let's see, uh, here we oh, go. Uh, look down here at verse 23. John 16, verse 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. I beg your pardon? Yeah, he said, whatsoever you ask the Father. In other words, if you just ask the Lord for anything. He said anything, not me. I just repeated what he said. He said, whatsoever. Wow. And he said, I'll give it to you. Verse 24. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So in other words, there must be something going on that you need from God. And right now, you're not happy. But he said, if you'd ask God for it, he'd get it to you. And then your joy would be full. In other words, you're going to have joy. Wow. Well, then no wonder James said over there, hey, count it all joy. I don't care what you're faced with or whatever your problem is. All you got to do is pray. God's going to get you out of your problem and yeah, you're going to be happy. Wow. So isn't that good news? So verse 24, unto now you have asked nothing in my name. You know, sometimes that's where we've been sometimes. We haven't asked, we didn't even bother to pray yet. We're still complaining because we're in our trouble and we're, it's like this thing is hurting. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Well, I know. I've been there too. But I've also been there too and realized, you know what? I ain't even asked God to get me out of this thing. <laughs> well, no wonder. <laughs> See, it's up to us. It's not up to God. It's up to us. We're the ones that needs to ask. Wow. Well, let's go over here to the book of Hebrews just a second. More things about being happy here. Mm-hmm especially when things are going wrong. And this time I want to go to the 10th chapter. Uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, let's see. Start down here at verse, let's see. Let's look at verse uh, 32. But he said, uh, recall the former days in which uh, you were illuminated. Uh, you endured a great struggle of sufferings. Wow, now here's some hard times. But he's saying, hey, I want you to remember, remember those hard times you went through a long time ago? 
Hmm. And he was saying, right when you first started to uh, believe in Jesus, because that's what he says when you were first illuminated. In other words, Jesus turned a light on for you. But what happened? For some reason, he wants us to remember what we did back at the start. You know, I like to say sometimes this is like church camp or whatever. You know, I mean, you get real excited. Woohoo! I mean, man, God's great. But yet you had problems before you went to church camp. But for some reason, you're okay now. Well, the reason you're okay is because you realize, you know, hey, God will fix this stuff. In other words, you were using your faith. You were trusting the Lord to help you. And all of a sudden, where did them problems go? Well, God fixed every one of them. Anyway, so back here, verse 32. This is uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32. He said, partly while you were made a spectacle both by the reproaches and tribulations, and partly, in other words, <laughs> your problems were so bad, you know, everybody's making fun of you and all this kind of stuff but something's going on and he said partly while uh, let's see you became companions with those who were so treated so in other words other people were getting ridiculed and persecution why you know you believe in Jesus and whatever well you're just stupid whatever a lot of pressure uh, <clears throat> this this is referencing right here and it almost sounds like well man that's I don't know who could enjoy that kind of stuff? That stuff's pretty bad. Anyway, notice what he says here in verse 34. For you had compassion on me in my chains, uh, in my chains, excuse me. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. What? Who could be happy when people robbed them? Well, it said here they were happy. Now, why were they being happy? Notice this. Knowing that they have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. In other words, their happiness was not based on what was taking place at the moment. They knew they were going to be able to get all this stuff back. God's going to turn this thing around. I'm not worried. I work for Jesus Christ. This is going to turn around. Notice they didn't say, you know what? I guess you have to take a little bad with the good, whatever. No, that's not what he said. They said they took joyfully because they knew this. They had an enduring substance. wonder what that enduring substance is. Well, have you ever read yourself uh, to yourself the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Basically means the Lord is my shepherd, I got everything I need. I mean, if I got Jesus, I am totally fine. He's going to fix this, he's going to fix that, he's going to fix the other. Well, yeah, but no, listen to the 23rd Psalm. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Where's the gravel? Where's the asphalt that I got to make my bed if I was a sheep? Uh-uh. Mm -mm. Green pastures. Wow. He said he leaves me beside the still waters. Wow. It ain't turbulent out there. And then he goes on and says, Yea, they'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, it looks scary out here. It looks bad. And I am walking through this terrible stuff. He says, I'm not going to fear any evil. Now, I tell you what I am. Well, no, I'm not going to fear anymore. Because why? Because thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, I mean, a sheep, when he knows the shepherd's there, he's all right. The sheep just has the munchies, buddy. He's just going to keep munching away. Munch, 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 munch. He don't care. That shepherd's right there. He knows he's right there. And, and, and remember, the shepherd's not out beating the sheep. People get this stuff so backwards. They think that thy rod and thy staff, they just beat the pulp out of it. No, that's for the wolf and the lion and the bear and all the enemies of the sheep. It's not for the sheep. Wow. Notice what else he says in the 23rd Psalm. 
Oh, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What? Yeah. So no wonder it said here in Hebrews chapter 10, they took joyfully the spoiling of their goods. In other words, somebody come along and stole something. All of a sudden, you're just grinning like, well, <laughs> I'm going to get another one. Well, how do you know you're going to get another one? That took all your life to get this one. Nah, I have a more enduring substance. It's Jesus Christ. He told me I can ask for whatsoever. He'd get it to me just to make me happy. Praise the Lord. You know, some people get bent out of shape. They think, you know, that Jesus is there only to make us sad. You know, he's only there just to tell you that, you know, you're barely going to make it to heaven. That is so silly. I mean, the Bible says that they're going to be rejoicing at the table of Abraham, Jesus said. You know, they'll come from the north, south, and east and west, and they'll sit down with Abraham. Many, not just a few, many. We're, uh, praise God. We're going to have a good time. Wow. Marriage, supper of the Lamb. You're not going to just eat once. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Glory to God. Anyway, <clears throat> so that's fantastic as far as I'm concerned. I think that's great. Okay, now back to the book of Hebrews here. So it says, uh, they took joyfully the uh, spoiling of their goods, knowing in themselves that they had a more enduring and a better, uh, a better and enduring uh, possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Now notice what it says there. This is verse 35 in Hebrews chapter 10. Cast away your confidence. In other words, just lose it and just get depressed and just say, well, you know, I mean, all hope is gone. I mean, I might as well just forget it. Well, notice he said here, don't cast away your confidence. Now, I wonder what that is. Same thing James said in chapter 1. He said, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. See, you've got to hold out and say, you know what? I believe God. You know, Paul in the book of Acts was on a boat with 276 people. And that boat was fixing to be destroyed. But God told Paul that he was going to save everybody. And that's because Paul had been praying. Wasn't like, well, you know what, this is a miracle, you know. No, Paul was praying, you know, and God will help you. But anyway, Paul told everybody on that boat, he said, hey, be of good cheer, for I believe God it will be even as it was told me. And you know what, as Paul was telling those people, that 276 people who hadn't seen the sun in two weeks, and the ocean was raging like mad, they were like going through the very heart of a uh, hurricane. It was horrible. And uh, it's called a nor'easter anyway uh, in, in Acts chapter 27. But anyway, uh, they wound up being shipwrecked, which was a miracle. They weren't out at sea and drowned. No, they, they wound up just like God told them. Uh, they, uh, they, like Paul knew God was going to protect them, and they all escaped. Every one of them escaped. The last verse in, uh, of uh, Acts chapter 27, you can see it for yourself. They all escaped safely to land. It's amazing. But Paul told him to be of good cheer and, and made him eat. And you can imagine that. The storm didn't get any softer. It was worse. <laughs> but Paul told him, look, we're going to be all right. Not a soul is going to lose their life. Now, would you believe that? Raging storm. You don't even need, know there's there's land coming up. They had no idea. It was, it was hopeless. Matter of fact, the scripture said that all hope that we should be saved was lost. But then the Bible says Paul stood in the midst of them. In other words, one of them stood up there and acted like a coach of a football team saying, look, I know we're losing 35-0, to zero, but we're still going to win this game. 
I'm telling you what we're going to do. And it, and what would happen? The players would do what? Well, they use their faith. Well, the coach said we can win this game. Got a whole second half. And then, my goodness, well, it ain't like it's never happened before. Football teams can come out of that locker and be totally different than they were at first half. <laughs> I know. Roll, Tide, roll. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so let's get back to this. So, you know, we got some part we can play here, too. So no wonder he says, cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Or, or right here in this translation, has great reward. So in other words, you've got a great reward if you'll do your part, which is what? Have faith. Verse 36, he says, you have need of patience. Endurance, you could say, so that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, I wonder what the will of God is. Rejoice. Use your faith. Pray. Don't just sit there and let problems just tear you to pieces. No. Ask God for his help. And then believe him when you ask him. Praise God. And you'll get it. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Uh, let's look at one last place. Uh, let's look over here at uh, the book of Luke. And this time let's go to Luke chapter uh, 18. Luke 18. Let's look at this. I like to say we're going to Luke at it. So we're going to Luke, Luke at chapter 18. All right, Luke 18, uh, verse 1. Then he spake a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Hmm, what does that mean? Well, King James says faint. Men ought always to pray and not faint. You know, wow. I mean, but see, so many times you've probably been taught that, you know, well, you can pray about it, but it ain't going to make no difference. Well, that sounds like you lose heart right there. So your prayers are supposed to change things. Now, let's back up here. It says, he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Well, let's just see if he's saying we should be receiving everything we pray about. Let's see what happens. Verse 2, saying, there was in a certain city a judge that feared not God, nor regarded man. Now, who does that sound like? Well, if you don't fear God and you don't care about man, well, let me tell you something. That, that certainly is not God, okay? But anyway, Jesus is going to draw a parallel here. Verse 3. Now, there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my uh, uh, adversary. In other words, this widow here, I remember women in, uh, in, in days of old, Many times women don't get treated with any kind of respect. And uh, that's the reason Jesus chose this story to tell. Uh, anyway, this woman said, hey, judge, I've got an enemy out there. Help me out. Adversary means your enemy. But anyway, verse 4, and he would not for a while. Hmm. But afterwards said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest uh, by her continual coming she weary me. Now, whoa, 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 what now? Look what this guy says. He says, you know what? I don't care anything about God, and I don't care anything about people either. But I tell you what, this woman's bugging me every day. I'm going to help her. Now, do you believe this is in your Bible? Yeah, it's in Luke chapter 10. I mean, Luke chapter 18. And Jesus prefaced it with verse 1 that said, Men ought always to pray and to not faint or to not lose heart. Wow. What's he trying to tell us here? Prayer will fix your silly problem, <laughs> no matter what it is. I'll tell you what. I, 
I've learned the secret because I'm doing this thing. Now, I could quit the secret and not do it, but I'm not going to quit it because this pays. This is better than having, uh, in other words, like thinking money's the answer or having special people in your life that is the answer because you can't get a hold of money all the time and you can't get a hold of special people. And uh, as we all know, you can't buy your health anyway. You can go get all the medication you can get. And it, but if they come up and they go, well, we just don't have anything that will fix this. Oh, brother, then you're stuck. 